0: I need to look up a pronunciation super quick.
1: (laughs) I need to go through TikTok super quick.
0: Sorry, that was good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've been wanting to watch TikTok like late at night. I I keep falling asleep late. <laughs> like, I'll look at the clock and it's 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. I'm like, great, I'll get to bed by midnight. But then I start playing solitaire. <laughs> and then I look at when I play solitaire, the time doesn't show. Oh. And so I'll close the app and it'll be like, Uh, Mm 2am and luckily i have the privilege of sleeping in not having to wake up for work or a child or you know and so instead of playing solitaire i want to watch tiktok but i'm afraid i'll wake up (laughs) blake no
1: it's worse well you'll like stay on longer i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i'm like i want to charge my earbuds so i can listen to tiktoks while i'm trying to fall asleep but then i won't fall asleep
1: <laughs> yeah it is like if i say like oh i'm just gonna scroll through tiktok for five minutes before bed uh <laughs> a game hours. over i'm not going i'm not going to bed that night uh, no 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 <laughs> i'm not going to sleep like next thing i know it's four in the morning i'm like oh shit you i have to be well up in two hours stay up <laughs> Might as well just scroll through some more TikTok, you know. So, oh yeah, it's 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 a uh, like mildly concerning how addicting it is, but I mean, I'm just gonna scroll with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know where I'm coming up with these. but. Who is she? <laughs> Who am I today? <laughs> wow! I almost didn't it's, catch
0: you, it. You know what? <laughs>
1: like you know what it is it's the alcohol <laughs> i haven't <laughs> i haven't drank in a while it's just the well good for you juices. i um,
0: i only had one white claw yesterday and i drank like half of it oh not yesterday was it yesterday when we did our day recording mm-hmm. monday that no, was no, yesterday. No, I just
1: saw your story. Yeah, you drink White Claw Tuesday.
0: today. Well, yeah, I also drink one today, but yesterday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not me calling you out. <laughs> uh, I
0: mean, I, I
1: publicized it. so um, We drink White Claw daily. Please sponsor us White Claw. <laughs> uh,
0: yesterday, which was Monday, for some reason that felt like years ago, um, I had that White Claw you know with my coffee and I did end up opening it and drinking like half but then after recording I didn't finish it but I didn't want to dump it out (laughs) so it sat there like on my coffee table most of the day and I finished it later on like hours later so I did have one white claw yesterday but it was over the span of like five hours
1: (laughs) I mean, proud of you for completing it. <laughs> I feel like after the hour mark, I've just been like, no.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I... um, It was fine. No drop <laughs> of alcohol left behind. I'm fine.
1: Uh, <laughs> I know, at the five hour mark, drinking your really fucking stale White Claw.
0: Well, it's, doing, I didn't want to open a new okay. one. I was like, you know what? I'll just finish this and not I mean, have another what? one. <laughs> I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> My and, watermelon um, White Claw was... Not so
1: Ew. fresh. I don't like that flavor.
0: I do. I do. I will I, admit. I not, like them all. It's,
1: it's not one of my faves. I, like I definitely, There's not one
0: I won't drink.
1: There are a well, few there, I won't okay. drink, actually. Yeah. Uh, the iced tea
0: ones. I will drink it.
1: Ew. Just no. not my favorite. They're very low no. ranking. It. I, I'm sorry. This is why they aren't sponsoring us. And it's because I say things like this. But I will tr- not drink that. <laughs>
0: I will, I will, I will, so they can still sponsor us. You
1: send, yeah, you send those cases over to Sarah. Do not send me those. I don't, no. I want original. I think
0: if you would mix one of the tea ones with a normal flavored one, dilute some of the tea flavor.
1: Maybe like a tea one with like a lemon one or a lime one. I just, uh, I don't know. Every time I've drank it, ooh, it like almost gives me bad memories. I don't know why. (laughs) It, because they're kind like twisted
0: tea vibe
1: it it just tastes so bad that it created a bad memory for
0: me and i just
1: don't stop simba you're gonna get kicked out did you see this motherfucker he just went for my
0: face no you're sorry. gonna get kicked out looking down
1: you need to stop okay now that we're done and welcome back, guys, to the Red Rum and Red Wine podcast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and mishaps. This is one of your hosts, Kristen.
0: Hello to Sarah.
1: <laughs> I feel like maybe we shouldn't have... Sp- uh... <laughs> um, so we've been drinking beforehand, if you can't tell. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's Sarah's turn. Fucking <laughs> finally. I feel like I've been doing a lot of talking. I've been
0: doing a lot of talking. I'm,
1: I'm well, excited to sit back. your excitement is about back. to be
0: ruined. Oh. I mean, as much as I'm excited to be doing Halloween cases and stories, tonight's going to suck. But... um sorry i am remedying it with you know i'm about to finish the tall glass of wine i poured that i thought would last me most of the episode but we've been sitting here chit-chatting for like 45 minutes so it lasted
1: all of the (laughs) pre-intro
0: i also have some white claw um because i'm gonna need it sister (laughs) this one's fucked up (laughs) All right. So, as y'all know, we're doing kind of Halloween or spooky themed uh cases or stories for the month of October. And um Kristen did kind of a interesting lighthearted episode on Tuesday. And so I'm going to do the call opposite. It
1: lighthearted? I mean, people died, okay? <laughs> wink wink.
0: Wink wink. <laughs> Hint, hint. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so I thought for some reason I would do the opposite to where, like something is not uh, is a uh, non-fiction and real life gruesome. Um this case resurfaces pretty, you know, every Halloween at least. Um and so it's pretty well known because it is older. Today mm-hmm. I will be discussing the murder of Lisa French and the Halloween killer. It was Halloween of 1973 in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Sorry. I looked up the pronunciation of Fond du Lac and then I can't pronounce Wisconsin.
1: (laughs) Wisconsin. Uh,
0: And that year in 1973, Halloween was on a Wednesday, just, For a timeline purposes. Mm -hmm. Fond du Lac uh, is a working class community in northeast Wisconsin that had tree-lined streets with sidewalks covered in autumn leaves at that time of the year. Uh, When I looked up pictures of it, just because I was kind of curious as to where in Wisconsin it was, I'm not familiar with Wisconsin. It's on the edge of the water. I believe it's on a lake. I was about to say, Wisconsin
1: has water?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's on, like, a huge lake, but the pictures I saw made it look like it was seaside, so I was a little confused, Um, but it's definitely, like, one of the Great Lakes, I think. I could be so wrong. I didn't look that much into it. I literally just wanted, like, an aerial photo, and then it also showed photos of the autumn leaves, so it really helped Mm. in getting kind of a picture of, you know, the atmosphere Because it's pretty, it's really, you know, picturesque.
1: Wisconsin is, yeah, pretty beautiful. They have a great beer that I've drank. It's like Spotted Cow or something like
0: that. Really good. Cool. The community of Fond du Lac was ready for a night of celebration. Everyone had their porch lights on, their candy buckets out, and they even had a block party that was planned because apparently... At that time, there were reports around the U.S. about poisoned Halloween candy, apples with razor blades in them. So parents in Fond du Lac decided to throw a block party called Pumpkin Place to provide a safe place for children to celebrate Halloween. Uh, So that day, Wednesday Halloween of 1973, nine-year-old Lisa French was preparing to go trick-or-treating. You know, it was kind of earlier in the day, and she was deciding on her Halloween costume. She was kind of, like, discussing it with her mom. Uh, Lisa wanted to dress up as a butterfly, but her mom thought that she would be too cold in a butterfly costume because it was kind of, you know, going to be frigid that night. So (sighs) Lisa chose up to dress as a hobo instead. Oh, d- <laughs> I know.
1: I'm like, some fucked up people would call it offensive, but I think that's cute. No.
0: Dude, in like seventh grade, Amara and I got invited to a Halloween party, and we had no costumes. Like, that day, we went to Walmart, and there was this quote-unquote ho- like tropical tourist costume and it was just like a big hawaiian shirt with suspended shorts with a ring around it to make you look like fat <laughs> but you know so, so you're Amara fat and i bought that now. one outfit and we each, we each stood in one leg and I walked together in the outfit <laughs> to trick or treat i think uh the simplest
1: costume i've done Is one year I got a really big black hoodie and I got hello my name is and I just stuck it (laughs) stuck the tags all around the hoodie and I wrote different names and I was like oh I'm an identity thief (laughs) but so it was a costume for work that's clever though that's cute I I tried I that was like the year that I tried to do like clever Halloween costumes because I uh before that these were costumes for work so the costume before that i did cereal boxes that i glued to like an old orchestra shirt of mine and then i like sprayed red paint all over it and i got like little plastic knives and i stuck them in the cereal boxes and i was a serial killer
0: (laughs) cute i remember you talking about that one
1: Yeah. But when I went into work that day, uh, they, I guess, thought I was, like, actually about to rob the place. So, (laughs) they were were like... Kind of worried, kind of scared, but then okay? they realized it was me, and they were like, "Oh, okay, it's fine."
0: Oh, it's so, Kristen, everybody. So, like,
1: maybe don't come to work with like your hood up and glasses on. I don't know what I was thinking. I just thought, you know, I want to be in character when I walk in. I want to give the full effect. So <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that's that wasn't the effect that I gave.
0: So Lisa ate dinner with her family that evening. But she was super eager to get out and start trick-or-treating. You know, back then, kids would trick-or-treat when it got dark out. Like, when it got dark, they started trick-or-treating. So, around 6 p.m., she scurried out the door after dinner wearing a floppy felt hat, jeans covered in masking tape, a green parka, and had dotted her face with freckle marks, To, you know, compose her hobo costume. So this would be the last time that Lisa's mother, Marianne, and her stepfather, Bruce, would ever see her alive. The plan was for Lisa to meet up up with her best friend, Anne Parker, uh, to go to the Pumpkin Place block party and do a little trick-or-treating. But unfortunately, Anne had misbehaved at the last minute, and she wasn't allowed to go trick-or-treating that night. So, left to celebrate alone, Lisa set off. Um, I was a little point- confused at first whether or not she went trick-or-treating first, but I think, I'm pretty sure, she ended up going to the block party for a little bit, and then decided to like do a little trick-or-treating on her way home. I'm so sorry if that's not correct. Um, but as she was trick-or-treating, she only made it to two houses before the night turned very sinister. After getting candy from the homes of a teacher and a classmate, she headed to the third house. And this would be the home of Gerald Turner. Ugh. Gerald Turner was 25 at this time and he worked at a machinist for the Sioux line railroad Sioux, i think it's s-o-o so so <laughs> he was divorced um with two small children he lived at the home with his girlfriend arlene penn and they were like neighbors of lisa's they lived um On the same street, I believe, or in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Somewhere pretty close. I didn't get, you know, exactly where, but. Lisa and her family actually knew Gerald Turner, not only because they were currently, like, neighbors. Not directly, but however. But because they were previously actual neighbors at a duplex place. Like duplex complex. I'm like, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound Jesus right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and back then, when they lived next door to each other, uh, Lisa would often talk with him, you know, like just as a little girl being friendly. She would talk with him when she got a new toy or something. She'd, you know, be like, hey, look at my new toy or whatever so when lisa knocked on his door that halloween night gerald invited lisa into his home and she most likely went trustingly and i will i will okay to be honest um throughout my research i did find out that she didn't exactly knock on his door apparently his door was just open oh and so i just read that from my notes and i forgot to correct it but like because I, I assumed like she knocked on his door right But then later he claims we don't actually know but he claims his door was open and she, and obviously i'm going to say this later but like he claimed to have found her, her in his doorway yelling trick-or-treat although i'm pretty i don't i don't know why I's I don't know if it was open or closed. Who knows? I mean, if he is there by himself,
1: it would make more sense that the door be closed. But I mean, uh, it's funny when I was watching Hocus Pocus, when they get to the bit where they are walking into his crush's home and he doesn't know it's his crush's home and, you know, like the door is just wide open but then they see this big thing of candy and so they're like, oh, it's okay for us to come in here and, you know, there's like a party going on. There are a lot right. of people around. So they just like walk right in. So I'm like, I guess that I could see as understandable. But if you're talking about like a doors wide open, the hallway is fucking dark and empty and it's just like a little bowl of candy in the middle of the hallway. Like,
0: fuck, no, I'm not getting in there. I would be like, trick or treat. <laughs> like, please do right. come out. Right. See, and that's why immediately I didn't like really notice. You don't the want to believe it. Stories because there are like logistical reasons why his door could have been open, but we've, well, did we she find out he was, he was his... home alone. Uh she knew who he was. Did she and... know it was his house? More more than likely, yes, because they okay. knew each other. And um having his door open if he actually had his door open okay so we don't know or maybe if, if she door... sees other so, kids
1: approaching the we'll door we'll see later
0: that well i don't know it's either i feel uh, this is an opinion i, I mean feel it makes like more sense might be that claiming she the, door the door was open because he doesn't want to necessarily say Take she knocked and he invited her he wants to make it seem like she wandered in on her own and uh, but that's that's kind of a fine line and I don't know um, I don't know I just we don't know because in the court records I read, it says the shit about the door being open, and it's its his words. He's claiming that she he saw her in his doorway. I don't get but how we most... can call
1: hearsay on everyone but the fucking... <laughs>
0: right. Well, and then we, like... <gasps> Some sources or, like, the way that some sources make it sound is that, like, she knocked on his door and he invited her in. So, either way, I'll get there. (sighs) So, Lisa's curfew was at 7 p.m., which I think was the same time the block party was supposed to end and mm. when she hadn't arrived home by 7.30, her parents immediately started to worry. By about 9 or 10 p.m. that night, the whole neighborhood was aware that Lisa was missing, and the cops had definitely been called.
1: Oh, And you just think, like, in my mind, I don't know, I just feel like 7 p.m. is such a safe time to say, like, hey, if you're back by 7, you'll be fine. And then...
0: Yeah, and think about know. it. It was a Wednesday. Everything's a school night, it. so um, the sun probably was setting around five thirty, six p.m. It's, or I don't know. It, it specifically described that it was dark when people started like their trick or treating and stuff. So it what uh, obviously wasn't well into the night, but seven p.m. is a, a safe curfew. It's obviously not late at all. Um, but yeah, she, uh, didn't make her curfew. So Mm. one of the parents who helped organize the pumpkin place block party made calls, um, to about 50 fellow neighbors and parents about Lisa being missing and asked them to leave their porch lights on and to put signs in their window. Um, just like. I don't know details on the signs they put up, but just to bring, like, awareness and um, aid in the search for Lisa. hmm A search by police also began that night and lasted all night long. And by that next morning or by the next day, that search included about 5,000 people and volunteers who joined in the aid to help look for Lisa. Damn. Nearby marshlands were searched by off-road vehicles. Volunteers rode horses through fields. And National Guard planes and helicopters circled the sky. What I think is great, actually, is that some local gas stations were offering up to 25 gallons of free gasoline to anyone aiding in the search for Lisa. Oh, damn. Yeah. And her I think like a local photo printing place um it said the name in the uh, my research I'm sorry I didn't include it but they printed out like 6,000 photos of her school photo on a poster which were plastered everywhere and the search would continue for a few days um it was about the third or fourth it was the third day I believe Um, If you, you know, take it technically, they obviously started searching the night of the 31st, but on November 3rd, a farmer by the name of Gerald Braun or Brown, I saw both last names in resources, Mm -hmm. Uh, anyways, same first name as the neighbor, but... Gerald, Braun, or Brown, was out on his tractor when he came across two trash bags on the side of McCabe Road. Uh, One of the trash bags contained the body of nine-year-old Lisa Ann French. Hmm. The second trash bag, which was, like, you know, like, right not right next to the other one, but, you know, close by... It contained her clothing. The autopsy revealed that she had been sexually molested, and her cause of death being asphyxiation, following a heart attack. Shit. So this was basically shock from sexual assault. To give a fucking how old was nine she? Nine-year-old nine.
1: A nine-year-old a, a heart, heart attack. attack? What the fuck? What the due f- to is as-
0: or following uh, asphyxiation?
1: That's rough. I don't know why that hit me so hard. It's you sick. Just, that's unheard of. That is unheard of for a nine-year-old to suffer a heart attack. Do you know how much stress
0: they had to have been put under <sighs> to experience that? Yeah. Fuck Who this sees- guy. I didn't know, I knew I was going to get, like, emotional during this. (laughs) I know you can't see it on the camera. I'm sorry. Like, my skin is covered in bumps. Um, And it it really, um, it just, you know, we all know it gets a little worse, so. There were partial fibers and hairs taken off of her and or her clothes as part of evidence. And so, kind of going back to Gerald Turner, he would be questioned during a routine check of the homes in the neighborhood after Lisa's, or the discovery of Lisa's body. But nothing came from, you know, his little routine check-in. So, um, because of what I'll mention next... In my personal opinion, I do believe Gerald was kind of kept in mind maybe on the back burner or in mind as a potential suspect because I don't know why, but police kind of would go back to him to continue to question him. It would take about nine months until anyone got any answers about anything. But detectives contacted Gerald Turner in March of 1974 to further question him about his whereabouts on the Halloween of 1973. And obviously regarding his whereabouts or knowledge of Lisa's disappearance and death. Gerald would tell detectives that You know, he gave his account of his whereabouts that day and evening. He also shared with them about how he knew Lisa and her family because they were previously neighbors in the duplex. And he expressed that many children came to his home that night trick-or-treating and he couldn't remember whether or not he saw Lisa. About a week or two later, on April 7th, 1974, Gerald was contacted again by detectives. I think they went to his house. Uh, The source said they contacted him at his home. And I didn't know if they, like, called him at his home or went to his home. But the way the, like, stuff seemed later on, it kind of made it seem like they showed up at his home Anyways, Gerald was contacted again, but this time they asked him to come into Fond du L- Fond du Lac's Sheriff's Department for an interview. And this part of this, I think was because detectives discovered a discrepancy. Discre- <laughs> <laughs> a discrepancy in what Gerald had told them in their previous chat, you know, like 2 weeks before.
1: Mm-hmm. And they
0: wanted some clarity. So Gerald consented. Um, well, he yeah, he went into the police station. He consented to provide samples of his body hair and also fibers from his bedsheet or like a sample from his bedsheet. And um, I guess like this little encounter, they just like spoke with him and he gave his samples and that was it because the next time detectives contact or encounter Gerald is in August of 1974 so what's April to August like 4 months uh more <laughs>
1: uh like 8 6 yeah 8 8
0: 12 minus 4 bitch <laughs> <laughs> so this you know next encounter with detectives Gerald basically gets asked to take a polygraph test and he goes back and forth with detectives about this fucking test because he he just like really didn't want to take it Accordingly, apparently, he was super reluctant to take the polygraph test because of a prior experience he had uh, not too long ago at the time of this occurrence. So, back in 1972, Gerald was charged with statutory rape (gasps) of a babysitter Mm.
1: who was not
0: a... Woman, she was a minor. To clear his name of this charge, he agreed to take a polygraph test. But he claimed that the three times he had shown up for this polygraph test, the examiner failed to show up. So this experience left Gerald very disgruntled. Not even
1: that he took one and it was something it was just like
0: oh they just wasted my time well no because he apparently agreed to take one and he apparently agreed or apparently showed up for these tests and the examiner apparently didn't show up never showed i think up. it's baloney i think so too. i think he agreed to take one and he never showed up or something like that but he's using this as an excuse not to take a polygraph now because i mean (laughs) this left gerald or he claims this experience left gerald super disgruntled which influenced his feelings about taking a polygraph in lisa's case he was like i don't want to do it because i was bailed on before or whatever like fucking pussy that's your excuse so there was a lot of back and forth about the polygraph test and, um, you know, detectives just trying to get him to do it and him being like, no, and Gerald ends up refusing the polygraph, but he does say he's willing to sit down and speak on the man, on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> on the <Good> matter. Ugh. <laughs> uh. And so, this is also when Gerald would confess to the rape and murder of Lisa French. Uh. That Halloween night on Wednesday, October 31st, 1973. Trigger warning. Gerald claims he found Lisa standing in his open front doorway, yelling trick-or-treat. He invited... Into his home Supposedly I don't know if it was like not Friendly or violently Who knows He took her into his bedroom He undressed her And proceeded to molest Lisa anally <sighs> He continued to do this When he suddenly noticed She wasn't breathing He attempted to revive Lisa but in the middle of this or during i don't know his girlfriend arlene came home <gasps> i did read in some sources that she had a son and that she was coming home from celebrating halloween activities with him but then oh. also in some sources her son wasn't mentioned so i'm not sure on oh, that but either way did she, she walk came home in? no Apparently, Gerald, like, heard her or something. He threw on a bathrobe, hopped on the couch, and played it cool. Disgusting. He told Arlene that he wasn't feeling very well. I could never be in a relationship ever again. Arlene hung out for a little bit, um, but left to her mother's house shortly after. Ugh but it was noted or she noticed i'm not sure it was it was like just said that apparently while she was there before she left kind of gerald made some frequent trips into the master bedroom to quote unquote lie down Ugh. What we really don't know is what he was really doing when he was going up to the bedroom. If Arlene had followed him up into the bedroom at any point to, like, check on him or whatever, she could have discovered Lisa's body, which had been apparently placed out of sight in the master bathroom by Gerald. So when he was taking his frequent trips to the bedroom... Was he, like, just checking in on Lisa's dead body? What was he doing? Ugh.
1: And to think at any moment, like, if she would have found it, what would have
0: happened to them? Exactly. She might have been dead, too. Yeah. Ugh. But she didn't ever follow him up to the bedroom. She actually, you know, left to go to her mother's house. And so after she left... Gerald took the time to cover his tracks. He disposed of Lisa's body and clothing as if they were garbage. He tossed them on the side of the road just outside of Fond du Lac, um, you know, like on the outskirts, probably four or five miles away from their neighborhood. After Gerald's initial confession, he would later try and claim his innocence by saying he only confessed because the cops were pestering him. Fucking idiot. But along with Gerald's initial confession, he had, like, also admitted that he was highly sexually motivated that Halloween night, and this didn't really help his case. Um, also, he showed zero remorse for what happened to Lisa as well as having an overall disregard for people, but mainly females. And so that didn't help his case at all, either.
1: Yeah, I'd send the fucker to jail, too. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so I'm not really going into the details about his trial or anything, um, but he wa- G- Gerald Turner was eventually found guilty of second-degree murder, enticing a child for immoral purposes and acts of sexual perversion, and he began sen- serving his sentence february 4th of 19- 1975 and uh his sentence was 38 years and 6 months which were combined um you know sentences for the separate charges of second degree murder enticing a child for immoral purposes you know there were um separate charges charges with um serving them you know one after another so
1: it's just crazy how something like that doesn't get you like life life or fu- yeah
0: and like, um how we'll are see you how able to
1: do something like that and then this
0: case really fucking teaches us a lot on how not only should you be scared of poison candy but the more realistic uh scary real life shit that can the happen fucking... yeah. and as well as how you shouldn't let fucking sickos out of prison because they're going to continue their sicko behavior um and i will get into that so uh, this obviously got gerald turner dubbed as the halloween killer as well and that is kind of what he's known as or as what lisa turner's murder is known as So, in 1992, Gerald was actually paroled for good behavior and was released from prison. And this is where I just get heated. Like, this gets so fucked up because... How long had he been in jail with this? He started serving his initial sentence of 38 years and 6 months in 1975. So how many years is that early, Kristen? Not thirty.
1: Not thirty. I'll tell you that much. I'm not gonna give you an exact number because I'm a little drunk. (laughs)
0: Twenty-three. Anyways, uh, so this asshole was released from prison for good behavior. Very cute.
1: Of course. And then what did he do with that good behavior, Sarah? Please tell the audience. He
0: moved into a halfway house and got a job at Mm -hmm. a recycling plant. And although he was doing this out of, you know, like uh, what's required of you when you're released from prison, uh, the community and society around him were not happy Picketers started showing up uh, at his halfway house and his job at the recycling plant, strongly opposing Gerald's present presence, sorry, yeah. in either w- place in society too. at all. Yeah. <laughs> so you. a civil suit was filed and Gerald Turner was ordered back to prison in November of nineteen ninety three huh. and huh. This was in compliance of his original release date, so he was ordered back to prison, I think, to serve his remaining uh, term. Yeah, because you can't fucking, like,
1: if, one, you're not giving a person life for a crime like that, you at the bare minimum should at least... Let them stick out the full fucking term. Right, I get it, that you have is good is behavior, a life... but
0: that's not... It's because you don't have your that's a lifetime offense of right there, bro. preferences around... You're not like how... able to assault children because Even... that's what you fucking like, sicko. Anyways.
1: Even people in jail don't like child molesters. Oh, so and if I'll get you're telling that. me that... <sighs> hardened criminals don't like these sickos that you throw in jail and you're telling me that they're gonna get off for good behavior no that doesn't equate to me i don't care how like much of jesus that they've fucking found josh dugger
0: Ew. <sighs> <laughs> utu's wife too i don't fucking care I don't. Yeah, I care. don't appreciate I how do not she. I, care.
1: I, I, I don't appreciate it. I don't nope. appreciate it. You at this point. I don't fucking care. Are,
0: he molested his own sisters? He'll do it to your daughters. Yeah. Stay away.
1: At this point, you're what's it? You're enabling.
0: Yeah. Ooh, gooseys again. Yeah.
1: Baron. Yeah. I'm like I've called him out twice on this podcast, but it's just purely disgusting. Like maybe I'll do an episode on it. We too.
0: should. Honestly, we need to yeah. do like a million part parter on the on the Duggar family. On the Duggar like, family literally. alone. <laughs> Cuz I grew up on that shit like nine alive. lie. I watched it. Well,
1: and you know that the parents, you know that the parents are it, it speaks volumes to me when like he is allowed in the house but the sisters that have been molested are shunned. Uh-huh. So like that's all the evidence I need, baby. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh.
0: uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, so because of the civil suit, Gerald was put back in prison of no- in November of 1993, and his original release date, like, before he was paroled, was uh, in July of 1994. So when July of 1994 approached, his release was blocked, and he was ordered to be admitted into a secure mental institution. On
1: what terms was this? Mens was he mentally ill? Well, <laughs> I
0: can't. Talk. I think because there were some blurred lines between mentally ill and a violent sexual predator. So what's interesting is that when he was released on parole the first time, there was such a public outcry that actually influenced a law that was introduced and named after Gerald Turner called Turner's Law. And this law allows for violent sex offenders to be committed into a secure treatment center if they come up for parole. So instead of being released into society, Uh, they get put into a secure mental or treatment facility.
1: Got it. That's so I like that. Actually, I I'm yeah, down for that. So
0: Gerald was actually being considered <laughs> for this to happen. You know, actually for a law that was named after him, but it was determined by a jury because he had like a little court hearing for to determine if he qualified or whatever for this situation. But it was determined by a jury that Gerald did not fit the description of a violent sex offender. So he, uh, Turner's law... He didn't fit the description the of the law him that they made Did not apply okay. to him. So, I,
1: I, just want, I just need to know the jurors' names for non... Uh, I, I'm not going to do anything with it. I just need to know. This was
0: despite testimony from a 15-year-old babysitter two former wives and an ex-girlfriend of Gerald's who stated that Gerald would beat and rape them if they declined him sex. (gasps) There's a little gray area on, like, kind of what happened next. I believe he was just kept in prison, um, and there was a little back and forth on his future paroles. He, He ended up getting, like, another parole and getting released, but I'm unclear on the date. But it was about three or four years later after this release in 2004 when Gerald was ordered to serve another 15 years for violating his parole. Because guess fucking what? These sickos don't fucking learn. They continue their sicko behavior. Authorities found explicit pornography on a computer drive of his as well as explicit videos and magazines where he was living which was like a group type home he was
1: and sorry i have to say do you know that um one of the places that they found the like hard drive that Josh Duggar at had all of his child porn his on his place was, of like, work yeah behind a family photo <gasps> of his wife and kids yeah ew yeah, how disgusting! If I would have heard that alone, leave his ass, bitch! And you, mm, and she I mean, literally
0: ditched her own I, kids to stay with him in his the house oh, where he's being harbored. Ugh!
1: I didn't know that shit.
0: Yes, the shit. the couple that agreed to let him live with them during his legal stuff are friends of the Duggars.
1: Because he can't be around
0: kids.
1: (gasps) Except his
0: wife spends almost every night there. And the couple admitted a long-ass time ago that they don't know who's taking care of their kids at home. You just, there has to be some kind of knowledge
1: behind that. It, well, I don't and, know.
0: I mean, all this shit, like, that I'm talking I, about, I read, like, a long time ago, so I don't know what it, what's happening currently. Yeah. But the couple like, who was letting shit, him live with them admitted but, that, yeah. like, they they agreed to this out of, like, faithfulness to the Duggar family. But then it kind of turned out to be way more than they could handle.
1: Yeah. Because
0: they agreed to let him live there. They didn't realize his wife was going to be there every night. The wife of the couple who's letting him live there previously taught piano lessons to children, and she can't do that anymore with him in the no, house. No, she can't. Uh, And she was also like, his wife is here all the time. She's pregnant, but who's at home with their kids? Like, what the fuck? His wife is deranged.
1: Uh, The whole situation really icks me out. She has at at this point. She's in in denial. Yeah. In the beginning sure. At this point warning signs had to have been there. You can't be telling me. If the FBI was onto it, you can't. Like I'm like, this is some John Story fucking she's shit. She's brainwashed, like, for sure. Yeah, she's she's exactly in Marilyn's spot. But it's just so sad because she keeps having kids. Don't allegedly, this whole conversation was alleged. Please, Duggars, we don't have any money, so if you sue us, what are you getting? This podcast, that's about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: this conversation based off of public media
1: it's based off of White Claws and allegedness.
0: <laughs> Brought to you by.
1: Please sponsor us.
0: Internet sleuths and alcoholics. <laughs>
1: Internet sleuths. Yes. All I do is repeat what she said. That's all I'm programmed to do because this is a simulation. <laughs> Somebody hit her reset button. I don't know how to make my own
0: statements. (laughs) So uh, between his multiple paroles, being in and out of jail, long story short, Gerald Turner ended up serving his complete sentence for the murder of Lisa French, but he was kept in prison due to a petition filed by the uh, state of Wisconsin stating that he was a sexually violent person. So, throughout Gerald's time in and out of prison, Lisa's mother, Marianne, continued to fight and petition his paroles. Good. Um, Actually, just this year, in May 2021, a judge dismissed a case to see if 72-year-old Gerald Turner should be released into society or into a mental health facility or stay where he is, which... I believe is a mixture of prison and mental health facilities, so yeah. basically the same shit. Well, not the same shit, but you know what I mean. Um because I believe a year before that in May of 2020, he was trying to he was um oh, so there was just so much back and forth with his so many parole opportunities and 2018 is when his like um actual release date came up from his 15 year sentence that he had gotten for violating his parole but then Mm -hmm. they kept him in prison and then he was like his lawyers try tried to get him out again in 2020 and something happened and then in 20 this year in may of 2021 they brought a case to you know try and get him out and the j the judge just literally dismissed it he didn't even want to give it a chance Um, so regardless of what all happened you know there was a lot (laughs) and I just could not put it all into detail because it would have been boring and pointless but regardless and what is kind of cool is that there is an area under Wisconsin's chapter 980 that allows for prisoners to be held past their mandated release date through a civil Ooh. commitment process. So if, you know, people continue to petition and fight for his like the block of his paroles, then he could stay in jail and he will stay in jail. Why so I we really have hope that, that for sticks.
1: Every state
0: So, um, I know that there was a petition started by Mary Ann in 2020, and if it's still up, I will post the link to that. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I know, um, that there was a status hearing scheduled for June of 2021, but I could not find anything on it, I Did not get an update. So um, I imagine it didn't go well, um, but I will post that petition if it's still active. And um, I did read something about, it was like a blog posted, and I couldn't see who posted it or the author. But it was about who, it was by somebody who worked in the prison where Gerald Turner was, was at.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: um, they were like the education director or something, like someone who directed the education shit for the inmates. And they kind of shared their experience on seeing Gerald Turner around the jail or, like, you know, what their thought on him was. And they shared how, uh, how gerald was working in the kitchen at that time and this was not recent it was maybe like six or seven years ago but um they said that gerald wouldn't make eye contact with anybody you no know, inmates prison guards authorities anything uh he was at the bottom of the inmate pecking order because he was a quote-unquote baby raper
1: yeah.
0: And he was frequently bruised and beat up by other inmates. Damn. And... I don't feel
1: bad, but... <laughs> no, not no, no. My God. Okay, I just... Uh, when... <laughs> because we have a true crime podcast, obviously. Hello. <laughs> so we talk about a lot of symptoms that these killers have and... I never look at people like I have such bad social anxiety that like I always avert my eyes. So when you tell me that, I'm like, yeah, that's totally normal. You're telling me mm-hmm. that's something only serial killers do. But I'm the person yeah.
0: who stares too intensely because I'm told no, eye I, contact is important. So I'm like,
1: <laughs> I get it. But, ooh, it's too intimate for me. I feel like eye, <laughs> eye contact. I'm just like, oh, you can see that I'm just i don't like it i don't like it <laughs> at all
0: yeah so lisa french's death had a huge impact on obviously not only her family but her community and honestly like everywhere nationally um halloween from then on and fondle de la Blanc de, bl- de bl- fondle lock <laughs> damn it <laughs> Uh, trick-or-treating started during daylight instead of nightfall like it previously did and many parents didn't even let their children trick-or-treat at all after lisa's death and this continued a long time i mean the fear is still lingering today the possibility of this happening is very real I mean even now t- today every year there are anxieties over poisoned or laced candy or razor blades in apples which in reality is way less realistic than a child being abducted abducted and abused
1: like it's literally a smaller or it's a larger probability that a cow will fall on top of you and kill you
0: yeah People are not going to give, they're not going to give yeah. away their drugs, people. <laughs> drugs are expensive are this clients? time of Maybe, year, don't you I understand? Don't know, but that's never been, like, a thing. Except, I don't oh, know, once. Maybe unless they're knows. doing
1: it for insurance purposes. I mean, it's just really unheard of.
0: Like, yeah. Like, we, and another popular Halloween story is about that son who laced his yeah. son, or that dad who laced his son's mm-hmm. pixie sticks to kill him for the insurance money. I mean, that is way more rare than, I mean, your own family member is more likely to poison you than a random stranger handing out laced candy. And your child is way more likely today in society with how common trafficking is, your child is way more likely to be abducted and harmed than given laced candy to
1: If anything, it is going to be laced with a roofie and you will get a good night's rest. That's about it.
0: As long as you don't mix it with alcohol and cocaine. (laughs) Sarah knows
1: from experience. And weed.
0: (laughs) All those things. Then maybe you won't wake up. (laughs) Um, And also, again, this was in the 70s, and so people were more trusting of. Their kids going yeah. out and of their neighbors. So I'm not blaming the parents or the community whatsoever. No, no, no,
1: no, by um, any means. But it,
0: it is important to point out how we have the same fears today and how we fear the more unlikely things a lot of the times um, than what's some right of in front the of ones you. that are actually more realistic. And so that's just something to keep in mind. And so just to end with a little bit about Lisa Ann French and Memoriam, Uh, She was born on June 2nd, 1964, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. She was in fourth grade when she passed away. She had trusting, deep brown eyes and a beautiful smile, where she had gaps where new teeth were growing in. Mm. Lisa's birth father, Alan French, unfortunately hadn't seen Lisa in about a month before her death. And he fully supported the death penalty for Gerald Turner. Turner. Yeah. Sorry. Lisa's mother, Marianne, uh, gave birth shortly after Lisa's death. <gasps> and Lisa also had, um, I believe, a baby brother when she passed away. So uh, it was kind of said that Marianne struggled to connect and bond with her remaining children after Lisa's death. Um. Lisa's stepdad, Bruce, and Marianne would get divorced after her death, and Marianne ended up marrying somebody else, and, um, goddammit, I didn't put her name in here, I'm so sorry, but Lisa's sister that was born shortly after her death, she... Mm -hmm you know gave some information or some insight on how marianne wasn't able to bond but how she grew to understand why as she got older and how halloween every year was super hard for the family and um but as she grew older she like she said she didn't realize until she was in her like 30s on really what or how or why her mother would act and I feel think the it, way she did so
1: i think it's really hard until you either get to that age where you're like yeah i could see myself wanting a kid or you know with me i was thrown into having a kid it, it, the emotions are so different it's
0: yeah well because she like... described how she really kind of lived in a shadow for most of her life of lisa and um And I think that played a part in, you know, the amount of time it took her to realize how her mom felt, you know, because that kind of knowledge also comes with age.
1: Yeah, I really couldn't imagine being a a child having to, like, be thrown into a situation like that because at the same time, regardless of what's going on, like, you still have emotional needs that need to be fulfilled. I mean,
0: she said the first year of her life was spent with her mom basically in and out of court testifying on Lisa's behalf. Damn. So it it's crazy just to see how her death affected her unborn sister.
1: Yeah.
0: Halloween was obviously, as I mentioned, never the same for Lisa's family, but for the Fond du Lac, Lac community as well. Uh, Anne Parker, which was Lisa's best friend who she was supposed to go trick-or-treating the night of her death with, said, I loved being with Lisa because she was so funny and bubbly and outgoing. Anne felt a lot of guilt about Lisa's death because she felt that if she hadn't gotten in trouble that night, she would have been there with her best friend and it could have prevented her from dying. I know, but it's not your fault.
1: The world is so, like, I don't get why the world is the way that it is. Yeah, we
0: praise timing, but then also...
1: We just, you can't question it. It's just fucking, like, we don't know why, it just is. Like, there's some... (laughs) That was so old. deep, dude.
0: We don't. Know uh, no, why. I'm. It I'm about.
1: <laughs> no, I'm about to get so fucking like drunk deep. There's Let's this. Um, there's this like old Chinese proverb tale. You know, if that's what you call it, where there's this old man that lives in a village with his son and. Like shit happens, you know, they <laughs> <People> <laughs> I'm starve, trying to remember <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember how it begins, but it's like, you know, the son works on the farm and the, na- uh. the neighbors are like, Oh, it's so good that your uh son can work on the farm with you and the old man goes, you know, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is and then <laughs> while he is plowing on the farm, he the son breaks his leg and the neighbors go, oh, you know, it's terrible that your son broke his leg. And the old man goes, you know, it's it's not good. It's not bad. It just is. And then after that, the army comes. But because the son broke his leg, he doesn't get uh, into the army. And the neighbors go and they're like, oh, my God, it's such a good thing, you know, that your son didn't get into the army. And the old man keeps going. And it's just like all these situations where it's like, oh, you think it's a bad thing. But then as life like goes on it turns out to be a good thing because that bad thing got you out of that situation but then as life goes on it turns into another bad thing and the whole point of it is like it's not good it's not bad it just is like these moments in life like you look at it and you go, oh, that's so good that that happened. Or, oh, that's so bad that that happened. But it's like you don't know what the future like of the those actions are. Yeah, the consequences of it are. It's not good. It's not bad. It just simply is. Is yeah, like the fucking and my the,
0: drunken. <laughs> in the modern. Okay, so this is my drunken insight. In the modern day <laughs> world co- quoted by Joe Dirt. Life's a garden. <laughs> dig it. <laughs>
1: I'm sure yours uh, <laughs> stuck way more with the people
0: than mine. <laughs> Anne also said this about Gerald Turner. That son of a bitch should rot in hell. Which I just had to include. I agree. Um, she, you know, I didn't really write this down, but she also mentioned how even all these years later, not a day goes by where she doesn't think about Lisa uh, and Lisa's inscription on her headstone says, and they could not answer to these things.
1: It just is. <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Damn. Damn. And that was the murder of Lisa and Frank and the Halloween killer. Well, I'm... I'm
1: glad I got nice and tipsy before I heard this one. Otherwise, I most definitely would have cried because, yeah, this one is a gut-wrencher for sure.
0: I feel like this might be controversial, but (laughs) here I go. What's Uh, anything? (laughs) Three, two, one, blast off. Uh, (laughs) I believe in the death penalty.
1: I don't, but that's only because there are certain cases where I know it, like, can be different. But, like, this case, a thousand percent, like, let him
0: die. I know there are, there have been cases where it, the death penalty has been unnecessary and uh, not helpful, and to you know, has been done to people not worthy, but as my husband puts it, hashtag bring back public execution, which basically is the death penalty, but... No, I oh no. Person to say, but for this case, I believe that they should have the death penalty. Then I do. I say it very. I say it very jokingly, though, because no, I say it. I say it in a very joking manner. I'm not saying they execute it in the right way. I believe that it should exist.
1: No, I. It's just very much in the right way. Because very much so, if it were
0: misery and trauma, and pain, and death among the innocent should be... I mean, I love the thought of people rotting in jail, lonely, and whatever, but that actually makes a lot of people happy as well. And... (laughs) To me... To me... I do believe... uh... Sorry, one more. I do believe it's case by case. I'm not saying every fucking... Uh, a criminal deserves a death penalty. I'm not saying every murderer does or every rapist does. But there are cases where inhumane acts are are done. And the people who do, do those, they don't deserve shit.
1: Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I, I think us as human beings and like... Oh. It's weird because I'm like atheist a little bit, so I don't know where I get this complex from. But I just think as we, uh, it's fucking weird. Because then at the same time, when I'm in a be- in a movie, I'm like kill the fucker. But I'm just like us as humans. I I if we can help it, try not to kill people. But yeah, it's uh. Hold on, I was gonna make a point. I was gonna make a point.
0: That's okay. I mean, I'm definitely partial because I love for the whole rehab, second chance, give time to forgive and heal. Yeah, but
1: there are... I do, yeah. There are just times where you gotta let them fucking rot. But in this case,
0: like, Gerald was literally paroled and let out and he went back to his behavior. Like, you can't let people like that back in society and you waste money with them in jail. And there's already an overcrowding problem. There's always been an overcrowding problem and resources wasted. And that sounds so inhumane of me to say, but... No,
1: I I agree, but another thing that I would say that is inhumane, when I guess the closest thing that I have seen to somewhat of like a public execution was when Ted Bundy was executed, and... As much as I think his crimes are horrible, when I look back to the videos that were outside of the jail, when those people are selling shirts, they're selling badges, they're you know out there hooting and hollering and getting really drunk, like I think that that's kind of fucked. If oh, like yeah. I, I mean- that's why I like. You don't, it, it's sick as humanity to see that side of like, and I can see why we got rid of public public executions because the way that we think that it's okay, like at the end of the day, it's a life lost and it's because it affected someone's life in a tremendous way. So for us to be like hooting and hollering the way that it is, like I understand, yes, why you're excited that someone's gone, but the whole aspect behind it, like it makes you know better than that person and that's controversial in itself but in my mind like you cheering on and doing all that like uh uh-uh you are it's it's a degree away (laughs) i'm editing i agree with you though
0: like the but it's fucked the crowd gathering the hoot and hollering the Creating merch and selling it.
1: Uh, the people like literally dabbing up the blood
0: because it does compare to a witch hunt. Like you're you're picketing your your. Uh, you're picking with and choosing. Forks. And um, I don't care if it's a high profile case or a fucking white ass college dude who has money who rapes someone and gets away with it. Maybe you don't deserve the death penalty, but you deserve more. And. Yeah that's just a whole nother story in itself but oh a thousand percent um i i I think think that the death penalty should exist for a reason i just don't think it's carried out in the most proper way and i don't think uh people i don't know like like you said there should not be like crowds profiting and celebrating it um i i just mm. Yeah, I and it's case by case. I, like, let me clarify I, that. It's yeah, case by I agree.
1: Case. Like, I I get it. It's just for me personally. At the end, uh, at the end of the day, and again, this is like I'm coming. I'm someone who I hear certain cases, and I'm like, I want that fucker burnt. Like, I personally yeah. want to be part of the execution process. But at the end of the day. I just feel like there's no way for us to make it a perfect system. So if that means even one innocent life getting murdered, I'm not about it. Yeah, it's just not my cup of tea. See, but I
0: feel like uh, I agree, but
1: like it's interesting. I'm you got me. I'm I'm gonna bring know, up a case now. Because Stay tuned. On, we'll on, we'll we'll definitely have a case about it for yeah, sure at some point. My end after I'm Halloween. Like,
0: I can't say fully that. I don't believe in it because I do think in certain cases it's necessary. So I can't say, like, I don't think it's, it's yeah. a thing.
1: I mean, like, for sure, in my mind, I'm like, fuck you, you but should die. But, hands
0: down, it's the system that's <laughs> fucked. It's, it's not, like, the whole death The patriarchy thing, needs system. to die,
1: okay? <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so the system in itself is a whole other freaking.
1: Yeah. I just think us as humans, we are, like this perfection, this utopia that we strive for, I, I really laugh when us as humanity talks about it because if we know nothing about humanity, it's it's never 100%. You're always going to have that small percentile of absolute chaos. So it's, it's hard to make something where you're like, oh, this is going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. Nothing is going to go wrong because even if... If it's that 1%, that point zero 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 one percent chance, like, that one person is fucked. And who are you to say, like, as a human, like, oh, this person's fuck up is less than this. Right. It's like, I don't know, because then imagine if that was you. <laughs> like, hi, sorry, did we mean to take you on a uh, ethics, what is this, morality course? No. Where
0: are we? <laughs> Where... do?
1: <laughs> that was a lovely episode. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh be sure to follow us <laughs> on all of our socials for more of our rants. Uh, um TikTok, uh YouTube, Instagram, Good Pods, Twitter. I already said TikTok. But, uh, Buy me that's a my brains when it
0: gets approved if it's approved. Yep. Mm-hmm. <sighs> At R-A-R-W podcast.
1: <laughs> we're like so over <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> And send us an email, bitches, because we're, we're just waiting. That one request, that one person that sends in a request is going to be so happy, the episode <laughs> where we talk about it. So if you want that to be you, you just send us an email right now.
0: Redbrem and redwinepodcast at gmail.com.
1: And until next time, guys, be sure to leave us five stars, leave a comment. It really helps the show, helps us be pushed out into the interwebs.
0: Anything, please.
1: Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.